Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, we just want to take a moment, both Tiffany and I, and just share with everybody online and in person that we are just so, so grateful and so thankful to have you here to celebrate with us Mother's Day. Yay! Now, we do want to take just a moment to understand that for many of us today, it is a very joyous occasion. But for others, it is a very difficult time. We understand that for some of you, you no longer have your mother with you. We understand that for some of you, you are longing to be a mom, and God has yet to honor that blessing. But hold on. We also know that for some of you as mothers, you may have lost a child. For some of you, you may have a relationship that is strained with your mother, and you are praying that God would heal that relationship. So we just want you to know that we are with you, that we are praying with you, and that we celebrate today each and every woman with us. <laughs> Tiffany and I are very excited to be able to come from the sermon series Hope appears right on time. I just had to do that. Can I do, I'd like to do that. Can I do that? Hope appears right on time. <laughs> what I love about our scripture is that what it teaches us is that when Jesus rose from the dead, he just didn't, didn't send into heaven. He wanted to make sure to go back the disciples, to go back to hundreds and hundreds of people to let them know that he was very much alive. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to go and be a witness, to let people know that we are not serving a God who's dead. He is very much alive, and he is living in our hearts right now. He is with us until he returns. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go with me, and I just want to look at verse 3 and verse 4. This is so good. The Apostle Paul says this, I passed on to you what was most important, and what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead. And on the third day, just as the scriptures said. Why is it that the Apostle Paul wanted to share that? Because here's what he was saying. The example was given to me. Somebody came and they witnessed to me. And now it's my turn. And I'm going to come and I'm going to witness to you. And now what Christ says, it is so important. And that's what I want to show with you. Why is passing on our faith so important? Well, we are a Bible-based church. Amen? So we go right to the Word of God. Why does it matter? Well, this is Jesus Christ himself speaking to each and every one of us. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever is baptized and believes will be saved. And here's the thing. Your ability to go and share your faith is not contingent on training. It's not contingent on anything else other than being a son or daughter of God. All he cares about is that you have a personal, living relationship with him. Because can I tell you something? Anybody here recognize that when you have something to share, what do we do? We go run and tell people, girl, I got something to share, right? We want to share what's good. Well, what could be greater than the gospel? What could be greater than going and telling somebody, Jesus Christ died for your sins, and you don't have to be lost in your sin. He rose again, and he wants to live in your heart. You know, I wanted to share with you this. Um, it was taught to me uh, early on in my ministry, getting to go into nursing homes, the beauty of Luke chapter 15, verse 7, that says, all of heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. And I remember in the nursing homes, and, and, and I'm just going to be transparent, it was not a ministry that I really wanted to do. <laughs> and God blessed me to go. And I remember one day I was preaching the gospel and at the end of the service, I said, is there anybody who would like to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? And little Ladia Walters, 81 years old, I'll accept Jesus Christ. I want forgiveness for my sin. And I cannot tell you 
that my 11-year-old grandson, Theo, asked me in the car yesterday, Grandma, why do you preach the gospel? Why do you do what you do? It's for Ladia. It is for any other person who is willing to listen to the gospel. And can I tell you, all of heaven rejoiced over Ladia that day. All of heaven rejoiced over Ladia that day. I just love that scripture. It lets us know that no matter what amount of effort that we put in, no matter what part we play in the church, if we just bring one, just one into the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? Isn't that what Hope Elam says? That we want heaven to be full, right? We want heaven to be full. So I'm just going to ask you a question just to see where we're at about being a witness, okay? Has anybody in the house today, had anybody share with you about their personal living relationship with God? Has anybody here in the house today gone outside of the church, out into the street, out into your home, and said, you know what, I've got some great news to tell you. I want to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. Look at that, everybody. Look at that. We are being the church. Amen. Tiffany, I know that you are about to share with us how each one of us passes on our faith differently because we are all of us unique and different, and we would love to hear from you. So we, um, when she shares about how many of you have been impacted by someone that has passed on their faith to you, several of us, that has been multiple people. And for me, I was honored growing up to have a mom that did that for myself. And so passing on the faith looks very different, though. The way my mom passed on the faith is different than the way she even maybe passed it on for my own sister and so on and my brother. And, and so this reminds us of the story of Mary and Martha, that both women own stories, own things going on. God used both of them. So in the story of Mary and Martha, when Jesus is coming to Martha's home, we are reminded that Martha was going around doing her things, preparing for Jesus. And Mary was simply wanting to sit at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen the right thing. And that's in Luke 10. But then if we think about Mary and Martha and with their brother Lazarus, in John 11, we see in Scripture, <laughs> it says, Martha left the home and ran to meet Jesus. She took action to be with Jesus, to go get what she needed. And it says in Scripture that Mary stayed home. <laughs> so two very different women different ways of looking at honoring and approaching Jesus, and God uses both of them. For some of you today, sitting at Jesus' feet, being in the stillness and the quietness is really natural for you. It's easy for you maybe because it's natural. It's easier for you because of the season of life that you're in. But for others of us, we, we have to schedule in that time, that stillness that God calls us to. And for others of us, it's so natural for us to plan and prepare. We find joy in that. We, we invite Jesus into that to take action. While others of us long to feel purposeful. <laughs> and both of those things are in us because God is in us. So differences in Mary and Martha. There are differences in all of us. And for a moment, I want everyone to listen, but I want to speak to the moms. We spend so much time labeling and comparing ourselves, but yet, man, wouldn't it just be so much better if we would drop those labels and to support? Some of us label ourselves as, now hang with me, the stay-at-home mom, the working mom, the singled mom, the widowed mom, the adoptive mom, the married mom, the stepmom, the helicopter mom, the free-range mom, the what-in-the-world-am-I-doing mom, the sleep-deprived mom, right? And so on and so on. Like, I probably didn't even say something that's in your heart right now as a mom. But can we just say mom? And better yet, 
can we just say God's daughter who is a mom, right? Like, (laughs) it's not about the label that you put on yourself or that you think others are projecting on you. You are a daughter of God first and foremost. You may be a mom that stays home during the day. You may be a mom that stays home at night. You may be a mom that works during the day. You may be a mom that works at night. But frankly, we are moms that work. And the goal is to work to be more and more like Jesus Christ and nothing else. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Life is hard enough, weird enough, tricky enough for us to label ourselves as that. It's just not necessary. What if we spent less time labeling ourselves and each other and more time passing on the faith? Because it matters, because all of heaven rejoices over one. So oftentimes we hear the story about Martha and Mary And it's in scripture, and so we are seeking out, what does this mean for us? And we can sometimes immediately label ourselves, (laughs) I'm more like Mary, or I'm more like Martha. But we run the risk of even in that, saying, I lift myself up, or I diminish who I am. Or the opposite, I lift someone else up, in diminishing who I am. And that's not what God calls us to do. In the story of Mary and Martha, God and Jesus never said, knock it off. He said, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use you because I've created you to be that way. So here we have this panel of lovely three women. And on their way up, come on down, gals. I want to encourage you all to hear what they have to say. They have a story to tell. I encourage you all to resist the labels that you are projecting on them, maybe already, (laughs) or the label that you're putting on yourself, and hear what God has to say. So let's cheer them on. I am so excited for you all to hear their answers um, because... I was so blessed um, earlier this morning um, by what they had to say. So before we get started, why don't we start with you, Mimi, and if you want to say who you are and your family and all of that, and then we'll get to the questions, okay? Good morning. Uh, My name is Mimi Reed, and my husband is Mike. I think they're up in the balcony somewhere. My husband's Mike, and we have two boys. We have Alex. You can see behind me is wearing the fedora. He just turned 16 two days ago. So we're happy to celebrate a sweet 16. Also, I would love any prayers for my son while he drives all over town. Um, He's a sophomore in high school, and we have Carter, who is six and in kindergarten. Good morning, Hope Elam. My name is Nicole Carlisle. Um, My husband, Mike, and I have four children. My oldest, Brixton, is 14, and I was asking for wisdom from Mimi (laughs) just this morning on teaching a 14-year-old to drive. Um, (laughs) I grew up in Michigan. We didn't drive that early, guys. Um, So my oldest is 14, Brixton. My middle son is uh, just turned 13. Lachlan is his name, and then our two youngest came into our family through adoption. Um, They were born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, so Central Africa area, Um, and they came home at the ages of five and three. Uh, My son, Kinsman, is now 11, and my daughter, Murillette, is nine. That's us. My name is Ann Jackson, and uh, we're a part of the original Jackson 5 plus (laughs) 1. John and I have three adult daughters. Uh, We have Kim, uh, we have Cheryl, Jackson Hurst, and we have Sonia, and I have a son 
by marriage, who is very special. Uh, <laughs> as a family, we love spending time together. We spend uh, now and then Sunday dinners. Uh, my son loves pork chop special and rice and gravy and hot rolls. And uh, uh, holidays, we love getting together, holidays, birthdays, whatever. And they're really great daughters. They're all, do- they're all grown and what, but. Okay, Bonnie, you want to hit them Thank up? you so much. Sure. Here's your next question. <laughs> so much of who we are is passed on, you know, from our parents. Knowing that no parent is perfect, what is one of the greatest lessons that your mother taught you about being a mom or a woman? Mimi? Yeah. I think like many of us, um, as I've gotten older, I've really learned to appreciate my mom and how much she cared for us and sacrificed for us and loved us. Uh, My mom is a Vietnamese immigrant who came to the U.S. in 75, and she is a brave woman, and I love her so much. And when I think about the ways that she cared for us growing up, I think about how she showed us love through serving us. She showed us love by caring for us and offering radical hospitality um, as As a family and any guests or any of our friends, when you are around my mom, you know that you are welcomed, you are cared for, and typically you're fed a full meal, and she really emulates that for us. And when I think about how I want to raise my family, I I really try to show that love through service. And um, my mom's had a really rough past year, and it's been a huge blessing to me that I've been able to love her by serving her and honoring her and caring for her too. My mom, I think when I think of her and how she's passed the faith um, is just her courage and her love for Jesus. Um, I will forever be grateful for the way she chose him, chose God over everything else. Um, My mom grew up in an emotionally abusive home. Um, My grandmother grew up in what I know of, of a physically and emotionally abusive home, um, which led to just some difficult family dynamics um, in their in their family and in their lives. Um, but the one thing that I'm the most thankful for is that my mom chose to not let that generational sin pattern continue. So she fought, and she would sit here and tell you there's no way she did it without the Lord. And I saw her morning after morning sitting in her chair reading his word. Um, I watched her have to stand up for herself and for our family to her own family um, in the places that were not healthy and that were not showing a faith that was what Jesus says it is. Um, So I love my grandmother. She was still a very special woman in my life, but she was dealt a hand, and I I truly believe she did the best she could with that hand she was dealt, Um, and then my mom was placed in that home, and my mom was brave. Because I didn't have to grow up in a home like that. And my four children never have to do that. They, I'm not perfect. Oh gosh, not perfect by any means. But I'm so thankful that the faith that I get to pass on to them is real. And that it is. (laughs) 
that it shows the love of, of Jesus. I just have to say how blessed I was. I was, I was brought up in a Christian home, and I don't know, I can't say it was the time that uh, in growing up, it was that um, we had to go to church. So being a, a, a youth and then becoming a teenager, it was an activity that you wanted to participate in. And my mom and my grandmother and my grandfather made sure that uh, whatever you do, if you went to a high school dance Sunday morning, you went to church. The other is that we were raised proper young ladies. It was always important that when you exit the home to go anywhere, church or whatever, you represented my mother. My mother was one who made sure we were fed, cleaned, and well-mannered. Whenever uh, we stepped out, her motto was that you represent me. My mother, for 60-some uh, years, worked in private family. Our dads weren't there, but we were very well clean, fed, and dressed kids. And what she left with me is that it's always important to give your children what they need, not what they wanted. And for I, I, as a young person from probably preschool to high school, I never could understand why my mother always said, I will get it when I can spell able because my mother could spell because she had a high school education. But it was just one of those things that I, when I became high school, I realized what she was saying. I will get it for you when I have the financial to do it. But she always said, I will give it to you when I can spell able. And she was just a, just a great mom. She tried, it was seven of us. And the special ones were the three girls and her sons. Later years, the boys became the special ones. But she, I mean, she never gave one any more attention than she gave the other. And this is what I learned from her, is that I would, I would tell my children, even when they were small, even though the, at my life period time, I could probably, they asked for something, and I would was able to provide it for them, but they knew I only ever gave them what they needed, not what they wanted. And I think as they, as they have grown up, they realize that it may have been, you may have grown up with a Timex watch. Now you're older, you can buy your own Boulevard, but they never complained about it. So it was important that they knew that you will have what you need, and, you know, we left at that, so. But my mom instilled that in me. Do not give them just because they say, I want it. Give them because if it's something they need, not what they want. Um, we are on to our next question, and that is, what is the hardest thing about being a mom, um, if you're willing to be vulnerable in that capacity? So, Mimi? Yeah. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this question, uh, what's come to mind a lot for me is just, you know, Tiffany's reference to the labels, and with each label that I've labeled myself comes pressure and expectation that I put on myself as a mother, as a professional, as a wife, as a friend, as all these things. And it weighs me down, honestly. And it creates a situation where I've struggled with anxiety and seeing that play out in my home and how my children respond to stress and anxiety. Um, so really, I've started going to see a counselor to really think about 
What are these burdens and expectations that I carry that are not mine to carry? And how can I lean on my faith and lean on that, that relationship that I have with Jesus to help carry the burden that's not mine to carry? And especially in all those areas about my children and what I want for them, I've learned that the most important thing that I can do and offer to them is prayer. That is literally the most powerful thing that I can do for them beyond all of those areas that I was stressing myself out about, um, really releasing that. I still struggle. You can ask my husband. But really trying to, to focus on that prayer um, and, and trusting in my faith. I think one of the hardest things about being a mom for me is feeling like I'm enough. Um, wanting to pass a faith on to my children that is real. Um, but knowing that <laughs> I can't do it in my own strength. Um, so it is, it's humbling on those days when I'm parenting any of my four children <laughs> and the Lord whispers in my ear, I've been trying to teach you the same thing. I'm trying to show you this. And he says it in the gentlest, kindest way. Um, and then I am taken aback by that and realize the way I've just responded to my child was probably not that same way. Um, so I've learned to slowly hear his voice and be obedient in those moments of parenting. So um, I cannot tell you how many times I think this is how it should go. And the Lord says, this is what you will do. <laughs> and I think, no, 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 it should be this way. <laughs> and he's like, no, you will give grace. You will say these words. Um, and every time he shows me that his ways are so much better than mine. Um, all four of my children point me to Jesus. Um, but I think if you are a mom or a parent, you might know there's that one child that maybe it just don't always see eye to eye, <laughs> I guess is the way I'll put it. Um, and so my youngest son is an incredible boy. And um, that child shows me grace and love every single day. Um, but what I will say is, his name is Kinsman. Um, Kinsman is used in the book of Ruth. Um, Kinsman Redeemer is actually what it is. So Boaz was, kins was Ruth's Kinsman Redeemer. And what that means is a family member that comes to one's aid or to help. Um, and I can't tell you the way that child has rescued me um, from myself and from the things that God wants to continue to teach me in my life. So I pray someday that he knows the blessing he is in my life. Um, some days I think we both think neither of us are a blessing <laughs> to each other. But it, we, at the same time, we, by the end of the day, we are hugging. So um, it's those hard moments sometimes in life that show us, show us Jesus. So I think for me that would be the hardest is just, am I enough? I'm a, I'm a white mama of two black kids. I don't, I'm walking by faith <laughs> a lot of days, so. I guess I would say the hardest thing about being a mom, it's only, well, it began as fear, but I also have faith and had faith, even Today, I raised my kids in the church, and they turned out to be very, very great adults. Uh, there are just times that even as, with them being grown adult women, you still have 
I guess the fear that something might happen to them and so you get a little overprotective and because to me that's always being a mom. You may be 60 but you're still my baby. So I, I may overprotect at times but I don't see anything wrong with it because I would bet a hundred moms would be the same way that I am is that when they come to my house and they leave and go home, they have to call me. And it, it's just a rule and they know if they haven't called me in 15 minutes, I will call. <laughs> and I just, I have to be that way and I'm not gonna change. And it's because of the love of, that I have for them and I know that as they leave and go anywhere, they're protected by God, but there's something else out there that may give it an issue. So if I know you're home and you've called me, I know that God got you home safely. And uh, I, it, I, you, a mother will never get over the fear of what is happening between where her child is and and we're, you're, you're hoping that they're safe as far as they go. But that, that is, you know, one of my major things is that as wherever they go, even out of town or whatever, they have to let me go, let me know that they've gotten where they're going and they're okay. And it's just, it's just me being a mom and I'll always be a mom. Ladies, knowing that we are celebrating not only moms, but all women in all stages of life today, what are some ways that we as women can pass on the faith to our children, to peers, and to the next generation? Mimi? I've been super blessed by many of the women on the stage and in this church and outside of this church as well, that I've been surrounded by women that I know without a doubt, no matter what's going on, I can text them and say, I'm having a bad day. I did that to Tiffany this week, actually. <laughs> I'm having a bad day. I need a prayer warrior. I, I'm struggling. And I've been so blessed by so many women that have offered that to me. And I would say that's something that we should all do for one another, um, always. I think as women, many, many times we encounter other women and we are faced with an option of, do I judge and compete and compare? Or do I understand and uplift and encourage and God wants us over here? And that's really what we have to do for one another so that we can continue to point each other to Jesus. My first response when I heard the question was share your story, um, share your faith stories. And what that looks like is women coming around each other and sharing the good and the bad. Um, sharing where God has shown up in your lives. Um, sharing where you're hoping and praying um, for God to show up or um, waiting, I guess would be a better way to say that. Um, the Bible is stories. It's from Genesis to Revelation, it is stories, and our stories are a continuation of that. Um, each one of us has something special and important to share, um, and you're meant for different people. Um, I loved what Tiffany said. We don't have to be either or, but we can also know that we're, our stories are for different people. Um, so yeah, I think if we really believe that Jesus is who he said he is. We are freed. We are freed to share every piece of us because of him. And I can't tell you how many times I have been blessed by friends um, and faith community who have shared their stories with me, um, encouraged me, prayed for me. Um, and I have had many people come to me and say the same thing um, as we walked through our adoption or other things. They watched that and said, 
this, my faith has increased because of it. And that's all I want out of my life is for other women to know the Lord. And so sharing our stories is a way of doing that. And sometimes you get to be the one that shares and sometimes you get to listen and be blessed by that too. Well, you know, I could sh- what I'd like to share is that we're all sister moms. We're all, whether it's here at church or, or just at home or you have a, a, another mom to call because she may be stressed out about something, we're sister moms. And I think we have a lot to offer each other that uh, you may be trying to figure out, well, Betty Sue wants a new dress and I just don't want to do it this time. And I'm going to call Miss Ann and find out, how did you tell your child that she couldn't have such and such? We're sister moms, so anything that we can share to help each other, uh, this is what being moms and friends are all about moms and grandmoms and all this and I think that uh, if it's uh, something that you feel like you would like to talk to somebody just contact one of your sister moms and say I just need to talk because the kids are acting up or the kids are good the kids want to do this this is what we're all about as moms we're all sister moms Let's everybody give all the ladies a hand. I want to speak to the ladies' hearts right now. Vulnerability and transparency. You take risks because you're opening up your hearts. Amen? And I cannot speak for you, but my spirit was so moved to listen to what they had to share with us, that was very vulnerable. That was very transparent, and it, and it moved me, and it taught me, and it helped me. And that's what we need to do for each other. We need each other to survive. I need you to love me. I need to love you. I need you to support me. I need to support you. Because when we come together, when we unite, it is only in God's hands as far as how we can change this community. We are already changing right here in this church, learning how to love one another, accept one another, value one another in a way that God is pleased with. Amen? And we've got the power to do it. I want to just very quickly share with you something that my mother-in-law, who is now no longer with us, God knows what he's doing, and he, he puts people in our lives for exactly what it is that we need. And one day we were having a conversation and Leslie Mae said to me, honey, if you don't like you, if you don't love you, if you don't accept who you are, why would anybody else want to? She knew, she was able to see in her wisdom that I was not accepting who I was, that I was not valuing who it was that God had created. And she said that to me. I realized and I stood there and I said, God, you have created me and I'm going to accept who I am. I'm going to love who I am. And you want to know why that lesson is so important? Because Jesus Christ said, you've got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. You've got to know who you are so that you can meet the need of others. And I am so, so grateful for my mother. And what I wanted to share with all of you is it doesn't matter what experience that you had growing up. We all have different experiences, right? Some are wonderful and some were not so wonderful. But I'm here to tell you this. God is both your father and your mother. He created each and every one of you before you were ever born. Psalm 139, 13 says that before you were ever born, that he knit you and created you and put you in your mother's womb. And that every day, every minute of every day of your life is written in his book. Don't you ever, ever forget how much he loves you. 
These are just a few takeaways that I just wanted to share. You ladies were brilliant today. What a blessing. Thank you so much. Love makes the difference. Celebrate each other. Take time to love on one another. Gather together for dinners. Put love into action. Mimi talked about how her mother showed her friends and all the people around her that God is love. You put love into action. Faith without works is dead. And that set the example for her. Hold on to your faith. Nicole said what she loved about what her mother taught her is that no matter what she was going through, she held on to Jesus as tight as she could. So hold on to Jesus. Hold on to his love. Because can I tell you, he is holding on to you. Go and be a witness. Go and tell people how much he means to you. Just tell them your personal living testimony. Because I'm telling you, those seeds will be planted in their hearts and they will be watered. And then God will bring the increase. And then give yourself grace. Ladies, Everyone, every day that you wake up, please give yourself the grace. Know that his mercy is new every morning. Life is already so tough. Let's quit beating ourselves up, amen, and just build each other up, first for yourself and then for others. I understand that uh, we are going to now, um, you're going to come and share with us about caregivers um, and nurturers because as women, what do we do? We pour out, so God needs to pour back in. Please share with us. So what she has been sharing about this morning, we've talked about why does it matter. We've heard personal stories about how passing on the faith has affected people. And we wanted to conclude with talking about, well, how do we, how do, we do that for ourselves first? Um, in Luke 6, it talks about a tree and how good, a good tree produces good fruit and an evil tree produces an evil f- fruit. But the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so if we put in our mouths hmm, negativity, <laughs> the overflow of our mouth will be negativity. If we have pride in our heart, judgment prevails. If we have low (laughs) self-esteem, then we'll constantly be belittling ourselves. And that one stuck out to me this week. Because I know far too many men and women that walk around with low self-esteem and cover it up as humility when in fact you have exactly what it takes through Jesus Christ to be who you're called to be. So when we fill our hearts with truth, what overflows? (laughs) Truth, the truth of God's word. When the Holy Spirit resides in our heart, it's a natural overflow to speak truth, even when it's hard, because the Spirit resides in you. So to do all of that, to put those good things in our hearts so that the mouth speaks out what God wants, it requires some (laughs) self-care. And Bonnie and I this week were thinking, what two things would we want to share about self-care? Because self-care is a holy thing. And so we wanted to say it's holy (laughs) self-care. So I want to speak to the moms Running errands without passengers is not self-care, okay? Taking a shower is personal hygiene. It's not self-care, okay? Making dinner alone is a break. Going to the grocery store without children, it's not self-care. Are those gifts? Absolutely, right? But it's not self-care. Self-care is when we can find a rhythm and when you find community. So I want to talk about rhythm first. And notice that I said rhythm and not balance. So up here we have two things. This is called a balance weight, uh, found in a lot of first grade rooms. And this is called a globe 
pendulum. Now, keep listening to me and don't get distracted by the beauty of this. This has been in my home for years and years, in my family, not my home. And I remember growing up with my grandpa, and he would do that, and I would be mesmerized by it. And this week, when I was thinking about rhythm, I thought of this. But so often, this is what I'm doing, okay? One day, it's a great day. This last week, I said yes to my kids two days when they want to do something other than what was on my to-do list. Yes! This, I feel awesome. I feel great. Evie kind of had a rough day yesterday. I didn't give her very much grace. And then she didn't stay at her house last night because I'm, I was here, so I wanted to have time and da 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 So I didn't reconcile that with her. Oh, I just went to bed going, why on earth am I the person to do this? And that's when we live balance. Where it's this unattainable thing, balance. We're never going to be balanced, right? And look at how ugly that is. When one day I am valuing or devaluing myself based on my circumstances, right? And then the next day I'm saying, I hit it out of the park. Woo! But God calls us to have rhythm with Jesus at the center. It's just so... (sighs) One day, a full day. God ordained that day. One day, a really slow day. God ordained that day. One day, my life is full of laundry and diapers and endless emails and fill in the blank. But God was with you during that day to swing the next day. I did it. Thank you, Jesus. Living life in rhythm where we can pass on the faith, when we're not set back by the things of this earth, but we are moved forward by knowing God's truth in our heart, and therefore it overflows. So that's one one thing of many things of holy self-care. And the next thing that we feel mm, really passionate about is to find your community. I love Hope Elam. (laughs) I have been on this journey for a really long time to get to Hope Elam. And I look back at all of the seasons of before, (laughs) and I had community along the way. And I found myself um, in counseling the other day and thinking about all of this last year going off the notes right now. Okay. Okay. Jesus. Um, And I just, I think what I want to say is that what we've all been through in this last year, like no human was created for that. And I found that in this journey of becoming Hope Elam, I have grieved a lot of things. And I have rejoiced in so many things. And both are healthy. And both are good. But the one thing that I come back to that has just remained this underlying peace. Yes, Jesus. Yes, the Holy Spirit. Yes, God. But I found all of that in community. Every single bit of it. And so what is it for you today? What piece of community can you find here at Hope Elam? Maybe it's moving your hands and feet and coming on Wednesday nights for community night and getting yourself in that good old warm kitchen and cutting things up, right? Or maybe it's serving it and handing it out. Maybe it's you need peace and stillness and you need to sit at Jesus' feet and have worship. So, Wednesday night, you'll catch a theme, page two. Come, have Bible study, worship, pray, find community in that. And women, 
moms, not moms, aunts, grandmas, friends, nannies, whatever it is for you. Get connected. Jen talked earlier about the women's birthday breakfast small talk. (laughs) It's a mouthful, so you should be able to remember it. And you might be sitting here today, okay, they're doing the thing at the end, kind of where they wrap it up and say, action step. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) Go to it. And if you can't, go to the coffee thing that they do the next month. Because I know the women on that team. And they are faithfully seeking and desiring for every woman in this congregation and in this city to know Jesus Christ. You might be sitting there saying, okay, that's not really my thing. Well, why not? Why can't it be? Right? Why can't you come and love someone else? Maybe you'll be the person that comes and says, I'm unlovable, and you'll find love. Maybe you're the person that will come and say, I have nothing to offer, but you're going to be the one person that that other one person needed to connect to give them the love of Jesus Christ. So oftentimes, walking out of here, it's hard to follow through with the next step. So we've made it really easy for you ladies. When you walk out, and those of you that are online, they'll put the link in the chat. There are women out there ready to get you connected. All you have to say is, I want to be connected because I know that that is going to help the rhythm of my life. It's going to help with the rhythm of my life. And as we conclude today, Bonnie and I want to challenge everyone in this room, everyone online, Call a woman today. Maybe it's your neighbor that needs to hear it. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your sister. And we would encourage you to say whatever it is that comes on your heart. (laughs) Maybe it's meant to be serious. Maybe it's meant to be funny. But we want to encourage you to call someone, write a card, and say, you are enough. Go at God's pace, not your own pace. Girl, you look good in that old prom dress, and you look good in your pajamas, right? I will make dinner for you, and it'll be your favorite one. You are enough. Say, you are chosen. So let's stand, and let's worship together, knowing that full well we can find rhythm in Jesus, in community in him when we worship him.